Hello and welcome to Socially Savvy, broadcasting live from Redmond Ridge Winery Tasting Room at Redmond Town Center. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, LB Duchess, and joining me today is Jamie of Present Image Consulting. How are you, LB? I am fantastic. You, are you turned on? <laughs> okay, that came out kind of funny, didn't it? <laughs> is your mic turned on? I am turned on. <laughs> okay, this is going to be one of those shows that we're going to be laughing most of the day. I have a funny feeling. I'm good with that, though. And also, we have Miss Debbie Kavatha of Park Lane. Hello. There Thanks she is. for having me. See, yes. Thank you for um, being here with us and for the listeners. The, the good thing is, by the time you get to listen to this, everything will be smooth and edited. <laughs> There'll be a couple little funnies in the beginning. but um, So you won't be able to call into the conversation, but you can um, make comments. Follow us on um, Facebook and on the Blog Talk Radio Show site so that you can catch a few future episodes. Today's show is brought to you by Redmond Ridge Wine um, Tasting Room and Spazos. We're going to be chatting on um, being a socially savvy introvert or extrovert, unsavvy extremes, socially acceptable, unacceptable, and of course, socially savvy hints. So how is everybody doing? We, uh, we came off of a torrential downpour here in the Northwest, which was bizarre. And it's amazing now. We've got like summer weather again. It's gorgeous. I'm I'm really digging it. Your mic sounds really low. Are you Are you sure you're turned on? <laughs> I'm going to give her a bad time. <laughs> okay, giggle into your mic. <laughs> okay, for some reason. Oh, well, we're going to figure that, that one out. Doesn't sound turned on enough. Not enough. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound turned on hmm. enough. And I was saying, how are we? This is the perfect place to start the show. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's gorgeous outside, like summer. It is. Well, and this is like the summer. This is like what it was when I got married almost, what, I'm going to be married 24 years this year, 23 years. So it was record-breaking. It was like 92. Wonderful. In September 21st of 1990. Um, I don't know what it is. It's not 92 now, but it is beautifully warm. It's like 82. It's amazing. It is. It is. So we feel very, very fortunate, um, which is one of the reasons uh, we have such fantastic weather. We have all this very diverse weather. We get all the seasons, which I think is why Washington throws such amazing wines. Uh, we have become now a global character. Uh, you know, there isn't anybody who can doubt that Washington is definitely up there, surpassing many of the what would be considered the old school or the original um, wine houses, at least holding our own against them. Um, so it's been a lot of fun to be a part of this. We've been doing this for two and a half years, and we get to start off with the wine tasting as ever. Perfect. So here is to everybody. Ching, ching. And we are starting today's show off with Redmond Ridge's 2009 Syrah. Uh, what I find really interesting about this one is if you're not a Syrah fan, this is a definite must come and try. Um, it doesn't. It does have some of that peppery that a lot of uh, Syrah lovers like, but it has a lot of juice. It has a lot of flavor, um, fruit flavor in the front. What do you think, Miss Jamie? It's wonderful. Very fruity. Are you a big Syrah person? I'm not usually. I'm not usually a Syrah person either, but this one's amazing. It is. It's, it's beautiful. Um, it's sweet, fruity, but it has like a, a licorice taste to it. Oh, that's funny. I don't even... And, okay, and this is what we're going to talk a little bit about with the wine is wine is one of those things that is so unique in its, in where it's, all of our taste buds can pick up different things, like fragrance, like, you know, any, anything that's in, included with the taste buds, obviously. But um, 
I would not have thought of licorice. That's yum. It's my friend over here that told me it had licorice in it. Uh, he's, not, he's not going to look at you. You know that, right? <laughs> but when he said it, I noticed it. That's too cute. I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to go ahead and move forward. I love it when my show is just goofy. This is just the epitome of life. Oh, we're going to be trying. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love this. What did he say? I love love little sticky notes. It's awesome. (laughs) Okay. um, We're going to jump in. Jamie is joining us today again with um, our image consulting. And she is going to be helping us chat a little bit about um, introverts and extroverts. But first, I wanted you to tell us a little bit about what image consulting is. So what I do is I work with women specifically. And we talk about the image that they want to portray, so their exterior and what they're putting off. So if they're an executive and they want to look and seem like an executive, we work on that and make sure that that exterior image is matching what what they do and who they are. So so it's a lot of of being true to who your brand is. Exactly. It it is. It's a personal brand. And so we help them brand themselves. So I love that. Hair, makeup fashion sense um, as far as going out for work, going out socially, on a personal level, and um, but we figure those things out internally before we get to the external. Oh, I love it. Love it. Yeah, we're going to work on me next, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Mm. Do we need to work on it? I was going to say, you Do are we wonderful, need to but yes, everybody needs help. And it- we're totally doing karaoke, not. <laughs> we could totally scare you with that. <laughs> Ah, and this is one of the other fun things. So just to give our listeners uh, a heads up, we are in a wine tasting room, which is the very first wine tasting room in Redmond Town Center. It's in the heart of downtown Redmond. They have fabulous, fun little boutiques, shops, and Spazos being one of our favorite restaurants over here in Redmond. Actually, I think it is my favorite restaurant in Redmond. Um, They are part of the Schwartz Brothers Corporation, and they were kind enough to share some of their appetizers with us. And so we're going to be trying some of those and uh, telling you a little bit about those. When you come into Redmond, it's definitely a place you want to come and hit. We're going to post some pictures, too, for all of you who who are little foodies and and who, like, (laughs) I don't know. Is food porn an acceptable thing to say out there? No, you know, no, no, not everything. We have to be, we do need to be cautious. So, okay, well, let's chat a little bit. Let's go ahead and start in a little bit about introvert and extrovert. And, of course, as I usually like to do, I like to start off with the definitions because a lot of times we go through life and we think we know what the definition of a word is, and sure enough, it's got nothing to do with what we thought. So, definition of an introvert, a shy, okay, why? Thank you. Reticent and typically self-centered person. A person predominantly concerned with their own thoughts and feelings rather than with external things. Um, And this is, again, we're talking about the very extreme. Um, An extrovert, an outgoing, overtly expressive person, a person predominantly concerned with the external things or objects in consideration. Uh, It's funny. Most of us fall somewhere in between, but every once in a while you run into somebody who definitely swings more towards one end or the other. And uh, the first thought process is to say, oh, well, you know, they... If you're going to be an extreme, you need to not be out social. And I would disagree with that. I think if part of your personality and uh, uh, being an introvert or an extrovert is extreme, 
then just learning how to maybe soften that around the edges a little bit or um, just be aware when you're out in the social scene, there's no reason why you can't be a part of what's going on. Uh, so we came up with a couple little little things, little tendencies to chat about. Um, for an introvert, many times this person gets the harsh end of the stick, um, but like us, they all um, have some great qualities to focus on. To start, if you're an introvert, when out socially, think about how things make you feel when topics are being discussed. It's very easy for an introvert to internalize those types of things. Then just simply imagine those same feelings on the people who are sitting around you. It may not be exact, but it at least gives an introvert, somebody who has a hard time understanding where somebody else is coming from, a place to start. It's like, okay, if that's making you sad, then it may be making the people around you sad, so respond in kind. Um, that just kind of gives you that, that ability to empathy, mm -hmm. to, to interact with it a little bit. What do you think? Exactly. Um, you know, I, I have lots of friends that are introverts, and so being out socially is not always their cup of tea. Yeah. But when they do that, when they can empathize that way, and it, and it can be a fun thing for them if you think about it. Yes. You know, getting into your imagination, using, using your head more, which is more of what an introvert would want to do anyway, is be inside of themselves. Yep. And so take that and, and just internalize and then project um, is a good thing. I like that. I like that. So now for an introvert, when, um, when you're talking about coming from what you do, what types of things would you encourage them as far as when they're coming into the social scene, maybe about how they would dress or maybe about how they would walk into something like that? So I work with a number of different clients, and, and some of them definitely are introverts, and being that their professions are more you know, I have an artist, and she's amazing, but she's definitely not an extrovert. So we talk about that, that being out socially is part of her job. And so <laughs> you to, need to learn to, exactly, to, to maneuver look those waters. It, yeah, look at it that way, um, but also to pace yourself. So if you're an, you're an introvert, don't plan an all-night, you know, give yourself, find that prime time, give yourself a couple of hours, tell yourself, okay, I can do this, I can put on a more social Make your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and get to know other people, and but don't push yourself or else you'll get tired and frustrated, and then the ugly side of you just might come out, and we, you know, you don't want to see that. Yeah. So we look at it as a job. You know, that's part of your job. That's a good. I, I like that. That's a good one. I hadn't thought about that one. Um, I know I have a few friends who are introverts, and uh, when they do go out socially, if they push too far, they literally will hit a wall, mm -hmm. and they will uh, emotionally shut down. And so you don't want to put yourself into a position where you do that. Exactly. Because then it just becomes counterproductive of your whole purpose for going out. Well, an introvert is fueled um, by spending time by themselves. So being out is very tiresome. Yeah. So it's not going to get them more energized where an extrovert is the opposite. And so, again, taking that pacing yourself. Yeah. Giving yourself a couple of hours to be on and then let yourself mellow, disappear. Well, and also understanding, too, if you're standing in a group and you're in a social setting and you recognize somebody who seems to be withdrawing, you know, recognize that maybe they are used to being more of an introvert or more of an extreme introvert. And there's things that you can do to help them along. Like um, one of the things when you notice something like that, let them be a part of what's going on, but don't engage them so much in conversation. I think a lot of times people have a tendency to feel like they have to force or, or include everybody in the conversation, always prompting somebody who's not necessarily talking. Um, after you've prompted somebody three or four times and maybe they've given a very short answer or maybe they've just smiled, that's not necessarily say they don't want to be part of the conversation, but recognize that that, that may be a difficult for you 
difficulty for them and allow them to disengage in the verbal part of it but still remain a part of what, what's going on with the people and everything. Well, and a lot of introverts will overcompensate because they know they are and they will overcompensate by continuously talking. talking. <laughs> yeah. So that's something that just being mindful of too, knowing that, okay, maybe if I'm not as comfortable with this and I start noticing that I'm... Jabber drop? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of drinks and yeah, jabber, 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 jabber. Um, so controlling, you know, yeah. being aware. Exactly. Being aware. That and this is how I am. How you're, right. Exactly. You can be a little more socially savvy. And kind of have in the back of your mind little prompts that people may do uh, to kind of let you know if you are rambling on. A lot of times somebody may, you know, touch your elbow or they may insert something. Or uh, one of the things that I'll do is I'll redirect the conversation. If, especially if you're an introvert, sometimes you'll cut somebody off and you won't really mean to. And then you don't know how to back up away from it. Uh, one of the best things is, <laughs> I'm an extrovert and I do this, I'll get off on a, a conversation, we'll be talking and something will fly, oh, squirrel, you know, <laughs> and I'll start cool. off on this thing. And then, but then what I've learned to do is to re-engage and bring it back and I'll go, oh, I'm so sorry, what were you saying again? Bring it back to that other person, it also lets you off the hook from having to continue forward, especially when you start to get quote-unquote lost. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, and it's, you know, sometimes it's a little more comfortable for an introvert to have one person to talk to. Yeah. And they become engaged in one conversation as opposed to going around and meeting everybody. And that's absolutely fine, but right. also be aware that you may be, you know, yeah. monopolizing someone's time. So, oh, that's a good one, too. Recognizing that, too. Yeah. Well, and I think the hardest thing is either with an introvert or an extrovert is learning when to engage and disengage. And if you struggle with that, literally put a little timer on your phone or your watch. Give yourself seven to eight minutes. Mm -hmm. And then disengage for whatever reason. And you again, if you if you're really at an extreme of either one of the these, the restroom is always a good place. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. If you're an extreme of either one of these, have your have a little. Even if you have to write them down, you know, have your little catchphrases for disengaging. Have your little, you know, catchphrase could be, you know, I'm sorry, could you excuse me? I'll be right back. Or um, I just need to touch base with, you know, my husband. I'll be right back. There are so many different ways. You figure out what's comfortable for you and, and just always have that with you. Well, and most people are comfortable jumping in and out of conversation. Yeah. So to leave a conversation it's and a very normal get a break thing. is totally fine. So whether it be because you're an introvert or you just need to leave the conversation. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> okay. An extrovert. Now, I think everybody at the table here is an extrovert. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yes. <laughs> you got my number. Definitely. Um, and so again, outgoing, overly expressive person, um, predominantly concerned with external things or objects con in consideration around them. I find myself uh, constantly. Uh, you know, we call it the squirrel moment. You know, something goes on and it's like, oh, you have my attention over here. Oh, you have my attention over here. I really work hard to focus on um, the people that are within my direct vicinity. And one of our best catchphrases has always been used, the faculties God gave you in proportion. You listen twice as much as you talk. You have two ears and one mouth. Um, especially when you're an extrovert and you love sharing and you love being a part of conversations and um, you'll have a tendency to monopolize. And my husband, was, he's like, you know, you do realize that you monopolize that conversation. I wasn't trying to. <laughs> um, and it becomes even more so if you happen to be standing with a, you know, a few more introverted people. Um, so go back again to that being able to disengage. Uh, if you find a lull in the conversation, ask a very simple question and then sit back and listen. Maintain eye contact. Um, don't stare them down. 
I find uh, some people get a little bit overzealous with the, the eye contact, which is good. You want to make eye contact. You know, you don't want to be looking all over like Stevie Wonder. <laughs> you see that too, but um, yeah. <laughs> you so as an extrovert, you want to have um, a way of engaging and disengaging that makes other people feel comfortable. So for us, I think it becomes more of a game of what can we learn about other people. It helps keep you on track. Oh, absolutely. It's like, so, okay, what don't I know about you today? Okay, so let's talk about this or, um, you know, I don't know. Generally, conversation comes easily for a natural, true extrovert. And so it is. It's good. It's finding out, you know, make it a game to find out as much as you can about as many people as possible. Because it is easy to get engaged in one conversation and stay there and kind of miss other people. And if you're social, it kind of you know, defeats the purpose of being social and seeing as many people as possible in that period of time that you're out. And so using some of those same tips that we use for the introverts in that you have conversation getaways, you know, talking with someone, getting to know them, but not staying in that conversation the entire night. Yeah. And being able to get away, letting yourself, um, you know, kind of slip away to see someone else and touch base. And One of my favorite things to do is if you do get yourself caught up in a conversation and you're really enjoying it, is make a date for a one-on-one to go do lunch or coffee or something later on. It's a great way to disengage from a conversation and also um, get a chance to get to know them on a more personal level in a less social setting. Exactly. And uh, whether you're trying to do it for business connections or, or just being social, um, I think it's great either way. Absolutely. Well, and even, you know, at a different time of day, you get to see different sides of people. Oh, most definitely. People are different at night when they're, you know, having a little bit to drink than they are in the day when they're having coffee. Most definitely. The Pain Center of Bellevue, an integrated health clinic, provides medical doctors, pain management doctors, chiropractics, acupuncturists, massage therapists, and more. Using cutting edge treatments, they can provide non-surgical solutions to pain management. Stop living with pain and call and schedule a complimentary consultation with one of their doctors today. Go to www.bellevuepaincenter.com, one of our fantastic sponsors. Before we go on talking about introverts and extroverts, we are going to taste our second glass of wine today. This is, somebody else has the notes. Which one is this? The red, the blend. The 09 blend. So we get to drink the, the 09 blend. Okay, now blends I absolutely love because if you're a new wine drinker, I, th- I think blends are a great place to start. I know a lot of people will start with varietals um, because they feel like that's what they're supposed to do, but I loved blends in the very beginning before I really got into the different varietals. It has a very woody taste, which I really like. I can. Ooh, it's pretty nose. It's very smooth. Has a little bit of a bite at the very, very end, but super good, really good. And this is coming from our white wine drinker. <laughs> I'm a white wine drinker. <laughs> I'm a white wine drinker as well, and I really am enjoying this one. Yeah, it is very smooth. It's got a nice little woody flavor to it, which I like. Well, and this is one of the things too when you're talking about introverts and extroverts. I love wine tasting because wine tasting is one of those things that brings out the best in everybody. It doesn't matter what your age. We were talking about earlier. I've seen 21-year-olds chatting with a 92-year-old because they're drinking a wine that they both love. And uh, wine is such a personal taste, but it is a personal taste that people love to share. Well, and it's a common ground. It's something to talk about. Yeah. Something to discuss beyond just the regular, the Mariners, the Seahawks, the Huskies. 
I love all that, though. I do, too. <laughs> I totally do. And did you see that Diag win yesterday? Oh, I did not get to see the win, but I heard about it by one of the girls on the floor. She's like, oh, she had this look of panic on her face, and then all of a sudden she comes around the corner with her hands in the air. I was like, okay, we won. <laughs> yes, we won. It was amazing. Got to love that. Absolutely love that. Oh, my gosh. Okay, people are definitely going to have to come in here to this little cute little wine tasting room. I'm absolutely adoring this up here. Okay, back to our introverts and extroverts. Um, if you are looking at trying to host an event as an introvert or an extrovert, uh, there's a couple things that you're going to want to take into consideration. Um, when you're dealing with any kind of extreme, you are used to typically having very set parameters. Um, I've seen a lot of people who run at the extreme of an introvert or ex extrovert go to try to put on an event, and they find themselves getting very frustrated because they don't have as much control. Um, if you are going to throw events as an introvert and extrovert, I think you, the first thing you need to put into your head is let go of the control and don't worry. I mean, just understand that people are going to be people. They're going to talk. They're going to put things down on tables. They're going to do a lot of things that are outside of your normal path of what you would do. Um, and if you're not sure that you're comfortable with that, then do it in a public place first. Uh, come into a winery and, and book a little impromptu thing with some friends or um, have a dinner party at a restaurant where you're being taken care of. It allows you to engage with people a little bit more and not have to worry about your own personal setting. Well, and I think um, in any respect, it's better to not have to worry about, you know, taking care of the food or the drink. Oh, yeah. When you're the host. Yeah. When you're not the host, it's not a big right. deal. <laughs> but also, it's just like you said, when you're doing something socially, the whole point is to get people together. And if you don't fret about all the, all the details and whether people are acting the way you expect for people. And it's or what your good, normal you know, comfort level good, is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a great thing to, to host and to see people come together yeah. in a special way. Yeah. And to do it in a way that you can kind of break into it within your own comfort level. Okay, one of my socially savvy hints. Um, one of the things I love so much about the Socially Savvy Show is their life just comes along and gives you topics. It gives you things to talk about because people are people and do crazy things. I was in my car driving, which I do a lot of, and I am amazed <laughs> at how many people don't know how to drive. <laughs> um, it, if I remember correctly, when you go to take a turn into a lane, you're supposed to turn into your lane and then change lanes. And somewhere along the line, after people got their license, they just decided, no, I'm just going to turn directly into the lane that I want, even though it's four lanes over, and I'm going to cut off 17 people and cause a 10-car pile up on the freeway. And not use the blinker. And not use, oh, we're getting, we're, oh, that one's coming. <laughs> that one's coming. So my socially savvy hint to people is a very nice little reminder. Your turn indicators on your vehicle are actually helpful to others for how they make decisions based off of where they need to go and where you're going. They're not just cute little nifty sounds and pretty little lights. <laughs> this is so true. I just, it's killing me, people. Killing me. I was actually riding with someone in their car the other day, and they just stopped. They were turning left, but they had to stop and wait for the oncoming traffic, and they just stopped. And in my head, I was thinking, okay, put on your blinker, 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 blinker. Other people know what you're doing. Yeah. But it just wasn't 
Yeah. And it's one of those things, like, you know, that's why those are there. Yeah, okay. So maybe you don't like the pretty little light, and maybe the, the little blink, blink, blink gets nifty to you. But it helps everybody but else. But it helps everybody else not to, to crash into you. So, you know, try to use your blinkers, people. Um, I don't know. What about you guys? Do you guys have any little hints that you want to throw out there that you've seen this last week? Especially savvier <laughs> driving. <laughs> Either one. <laughs> I don't like it when um, you're coming to like an on-ramp or an off-ramp and they know that the lane is ending, but they wait till the very last minute to squeeze in. Like their time is like more valuable than my time. Like I'm, oh, yeah. waiting, I'm waiting in the line yeah. being cordial and they're coming up on the side and going all the way to the front and then squeezing through. And that to me is like not cool. It's like I always wanted to just get out of my car and say, really? I've been here for 10 minutes. I think we should I'm have a. I think time. we should have a socially savvy <laughs> handbook for drivers. I I do need to give kudos to Washington drivers. Um, having just moved back from Texas, they're far more courteous than Texas drivers. Oh, see now now Texas people are far more courteous in general. Yes, ma'am. Yes, they sir. They seem courteous in general, but when they're in their cars, not so not much. Not so much. <laughs> oh my gosh. Pop chips, thanks to the magic of popping, they found a way to pop all the flavor in while keeping fake stuff and at least half the fat of regular chips out. They take the finest ingredients, add a little heat and pressure, and pop. It's a chip. You can find them at a grocery store near you or online at www.popchips.com. And today, we, our listeners get to enjoy, the ones who are showing up, they get to enjoy Katie's kettle corn. Now, I don't know if anybody knows this, but uh, Pop Chips adopted Katy Perry. And uh, it has been very cute that she has her kettle corn. And it's got her purple and. It kind of, I was going to say it kind of looks like her. It's all purple and yeah, sparkly. It definitely does. Almost definitely. Um, so we want to thank them. They have been a socially savvy sponsor since day one. So for over two years now. I feel very very fortunate. Okay, did you guys get a chance to try that food? Somebody needs to get me a piece of pizza no. so that I can try it. We, yeah, I want to talk food. about this on air. So Spathos is an Italian. Um, thought process restaurant so they serve um, stone pizzas they have a carpaccio they have fantastic meats and cheeses uh, their small plates are, are wonderful uh, and their dinners are even better but uh, we wanted to thank them on air again for being our sponsor and sharing with our listeners who showed up today it looks amazing it always I can't does. Wait to taste it all right I have a socially unsavvy story that I want to chat about, um, talking about going to events and being introvert or extrovert or however you want to talk about it. Um, none of those things really matter if you don't have manners and if you can't read invitations. So a couple of weeks ago, I was attending all-white parties. It's that time of year. We've got some fantastic um, all-white parties that go on. It is, uh, it's fun because a lot of them are attached to the wine community. And um, some of them are just evenings out, but they're, they're about everybody dressing up with a theme. Um, oh, and we get to drink one of Spazzo's wines. Oh, yay. I love that. Okay. I'm here. I'm all over the place. Oh, that's the 2008 cab. Okay. I'm going to be trying this one in a minute. <laughs> so I went to this particular event. It was the fourth time that this company had put this event together, and they had uh, gotten some help because the event had gotten to a point where it was rather large. Uh, and I was really surprised because they did a really great job with it. The event and venue ended up having over 3,200 people. With as many years as they had been doing this event and as many years as people had been attending this event, I was still surprised how stupid people could be. 
So here's the story. I noticed the guy who was wearing a white shirt and a pair of jeans standing off um, with a couple of the admit, um, event administrators off in the corner. And there was a girl with him, a blonde one, who was bobbing and bouncing her head all over the place and waving her arms out with an attitude that I couldn't help myself. I had to get closer and find out what was going on. So apparently the guy had gotten into the event with the blue jeans on. And he had been asked to leave because he was not um, doing, you know, he was not in all white. And the girl, I'm assuming it was the girlfriend, um, the woman basically said, um, you know, the same thing. Well, he'd gotten in. I don't understand what the problem is. Her following phrase is what killed me. And I quote, if you're going to expect people to wear all white, you should state it more clearly. There was nowhere in the invitation information that stated precisely that you would not be allowed in if you didn't wear all white. Okay, now this is where the stupid part comes in. Just a, message me, Facebook me over the next couple of weeks if you get this because I want, I want to vote on this one. The name of the event, All White Party. Does, I, I, did I miss something? Does this need to be stated any more clearly? Did, I, it's an all-white party. So I'm not sure if they were just way too drunk. I was at same said event. <laughs> I know. It and it was a sea of white. I didn't it was see any beautiful. Black. I didn't see any it was amazing. Now, here was the interesting thing. Now, And this goes into one of my uh, socially acceptables. When you're talking about a theme party, it is completely acceptable to call the host before the event and clarify uh, I, I actually put up a clarification reminding people, because they had turned people away last time because they weren't wearing all white, and I said, to clarify, this is an all-white party. Somebody came back and goes, do I have to wear white shoes too? Yeah. And, and what I did is, because shoes are an accessory, white shoes aren't always, you know, and so I, I messaged in two of the event hosts and I said, what do you guys think? And they're like, hey, you know, we would love to see you all in white, but shoes, we totally get that, no worries. Um, I thought that was completely acceptable. I thought that was a great way of approaching it and just clarifying, you know, she was like, oh, great, I don't have to run all over Seattle trying to find white shoes on the last minute. But uh, to walk into an event and then cop an attitude and then be, I'm sorry if you're listening to the show, stupid enough to say, could we state it any more clearly? Really, you're just not doing anything for your gender. <laughs> the first, <laughs> and I'm part of that gender. I'm sorry. <laughs> the first thing I do um, with an invite to any event is ask what the dress code is. Oh yeah, I call yeah. the host if I have any Find questions. Out what the host is wearing. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the standard. And my other rule is, it's better to be overdressed than underdressed. Always. Yeah, you can't go wrong overdressed. Well, everybody it's can think always. you can maybe go wrong. But. Because when you're underdressed, you're you know, constantly having to make an excuse. You know, well, you're I, a hindrance to the event. Exactly. I think one of the things that people need to realize is that your attire, when somebody makes an attire request, it is because they're trying to create a certain ambiance with that event, and they're including you with that ambiance. Now, if you do anything to detract from the ambiance or take away from it, then you don't want to be social, and why are you there? You need to leave. And, you know, when you say it like that, yeah, it comes across a little bit harsh, but really, why do you think that you should be able to walk in to an all-white party and cop an attitude? You're not all that. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the President of the United States. You, it's a courtesy. You have been invited to a social setting where they're trying to create something amazing and magnificent, and all you're doing is taking away from it. Yeah. When you when you decide to go against dress code, it is yeah, saying, it's just to make I'm a little more out. special, and I don't need to follow this. Yeah. Which is fine. Don't go. Then don't go. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to follow it. Don't go. 
And that is me being a brat. Yeah, if you don't want to follow the dress code, don't go. And that's okay, too. Uh, I've actually had people for Halloween parties say, I'm sorry, I'm not going to attend because you said um, a costume is required. And I said, I totally get that. But, yeah, you need a costume. Put a hat on. Put a goofy hat on. Put a goofy pair of shoes on. But be a part of it. Be a part of it. Yeah, do something. Fun to dress up. Socially unacceptable. My hint this week, if you know you have a personality issue, don't make it someone else's issue. If you want to go out and socialize and you know that you have a hard time with cologne or you know that you have a hard time with an extrovert and you're an introvert, uh, you need to go in and correct your attitude before you go out. You don't go into an, into a social setting and then start correcting everybody else's attitude. Well, it's like, you know, spreading manure where manure doesn't need to be spread. <laughs> See, I would have gone straight for the other word, but the little guy over there, that was very well put. Thank you. That was very well put. <laughs> Okay, so we are tasting our third wine, and it is the 2008 Cab. You guys are going to have to tell me about that because I need to finish this one so I can try that one. I'm oh, so busy chatting. Speaking of, the pizza from Spazo is amazing. Mm. They do a fantastic job with everything. Oh, that's right. You are on a full red binge, aren't you, girl? I love Lucy. Ooh, this is really good. With <laughs> but this really is good. Well, and you know, it's fun. I, I absolutely adore that I have two white wine drinkers here, and we're drinking reds. It's one of the things that I love to encourage people to do when you go into a tasting room. Make it a point to try at least one wine that you would normally shy away from. Uh, you'd be amazed how quickly your taste buds uh, can progress. When I started in um, college, we, my husband and I were working at the Metropolitan Grill, and we had started wine tasting, and the, the gentleman, I just couldn't get red, just was like, it was like bitter, and it tasted like vinegar to me, and it didn't matter how good it was. It was just, I had a very undeveloped palate. And the winemaker said, or the, the wine steward said, you know, there is a way of helping to train a palate that is not trained. Or in, in my case, I just had not eaten and drank a lot of anything. I had had very restrictive of what I had eaten and drank when I was growing up. Um, and that you take a course and it goes through all your whites and your reds and it trains your palate to be able to pull apart and appreciate all the different flavors. Um, so I always encourage people, you know, if you're a white wine drinker, come in and, and say, tell the person behind the bar, I typically drink whites. You know, what red would you have me try today? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be adventurous. I'm going to try something now. Same thing for the red wine drinkers. I like that because I'm a I'm just a fairly new wine drinker anyway. So to try something that's so yummy is perfect. The cab is beautiful. It's a little bolder, yes, most definitely. And cabs have a tendency to be that bolder, heavier. Um, but even for you know, this one isn't overly heavy though. I like that. Not at all. It's not heavy. I usually don't like cabs because they're too. I'm not a red wine drinker, and they're too thick. Like well, they're really and heavy, and this one's not heavy. And I think one of the things that I love about Washington wine is that they have made it um, their priority to push the limits of what everybody thinks a Cab or a Syrah or a Malbec or a Chardonnay. Chardonnay is one of my favorite white wines to drink from Washington because it never tastes the way I, a, a California one did. And I don't mean any disrespect to California. I am just not an avid, oaky white wine drinker. 
and most of the Chardonnays are very, very oaky from that region. And Washington has done this great job of just really exploring, you know, how can these different varieties taste if you process them differently. Well, and just think about how wonderful it is that we have such amazing soil and such amazing growing conditions to be able to compete oh, my gosh, in yes. the world's wine market. It's pretty awesome. It's been really fun to watch this market grow. I mean, you have some of the hubs of um, the wine country, like the DeLilles and Chateau and um, Matthews. They have all taken it upon themselves to welcome, you know, littler wineries, particularly like Redmond Ridge here. Uh, into being a part of everything. And it's been so fun to see all the little branching businesses that come off from the wineries. I know one of the wineries, his wife is now making chalk bottles. And they've made wine bottles, and um, you, they ha- it looks like they've got chalk written on them. So you could do all these different little, That's you know, cool. themes and stuff. It's, it's, it's been really fun. I, I, love, I love what Washington's done. Well, it's a creative community. It is. And creative homegrown community. And that's really Most definitely. What Seattle and Washington in general are all about. A lot of grassroots. Yeah. A lot of grassroots. Okay. Let's see here. So I touched on my acceptable and not acceptable. Do you guys have any socially unacceptable? Something that pinged you this last week? Besides the Miley? In relation to... In relation to certain events that we were at, um, I, I saw some definitely socially unacceptable behavior, which is it stands out more. I mean, I like to say that I look for the positive, but you definitely notice when people are socially unacceptable. Um, and, and I saw some behavior at, at a number of white events. The white events were running rampant. It was yes. fun. It was fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. And, but, you know, just remembering that you're out socially and put your best foot forward. You know, it's, it should be a fun event. Let's all bring our best to the table because we're only seeing a little snippet of each other. So Most you know, definitely. kind of negative negative things. Let's don't bring it. Let's bring our best. Well, and I have to wonder what it is about people that when they get into a social setting that they think any kind of negative attitude, remark, snarkiness is even remotely appropriate. Um, if your intention is to go out into the public and be social, Leave all that stuff at home because you, you won't be asked back and, you know, you'll find the, the circles. So, okay, let's just assume that the snarky, mean-spirited moron, whoever they are, at an event, is wondering... I like the technical term. Yeah, is wondering quietly to themselves why nobody is talking to them. Um, there needs to be... You, you want to be aware. If you're going to be out socially, you need to be aware of how people are interacting with you. If people are disengaging from you, if they're walking away, if they're giving you that tight smile and not saying anything, you're probably offending somebody and you really, really need to look at what you're doing. Because if you're going out, obviously you want to be social. It is. It's a choice. I, I don't know how to be any more blunt than that. Yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, it's not a debate. It's not a... You know, it's not a political science class. It's not a religious discussion. It's not a, you know, if you're out socially, it's to meet people and engage and 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 all of those things. Yeah, and have fun. Enhance your life. Enhance their life. And if you're bringing the fun, you make everybody's night better. You make everybody's day better. Most definitely. And and if you're coming with a lot of negative vibes, then that's what you're passing on, and that's no fun. 
no fun at all. I guess we have a fourth, the final tasting here. I'm going to have you guys tell me a little bit about this, and I'm going to beg and plead for the final tasting because I still have wine in my glass. <laughs> I look, the Molbach. Oh, yay. Is it the 2009 Molbach? 2008 Molbach. Okay, now Molbach is one of those that was a surprise for me. I had not seen much of this until about four years ago. Uh, and actually, the first time I ever looked at, tasted, or saw a Molbach was when I was in a wine, t uh, wine blending competition. And I found it to be a very unique flavor. It's very juicy. Dusty blueberry plum mocha. It's got a very sweet finish and a bitter end. It has a really, really pretty nose for all of those wine, wine connoisseurs. It has a beautiful nose. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It has a... Um, I love this. She loves all the reds. The white wine drinker that loves all the white. I've ever been to a winery, and I like all the reds. Kudos to Redmond Ridge. compliment, <laughs> Redmond Ridge. I am not a red wine drinker, and I like them all. And this, is, and this, again, is why I encourage people to drink. To, every time you go out, try something outside of your normal palate. You'll be surprised and delighted most of the time. And if you're intimidated, definitely ask the person behind the bar. They know their wines inside and out, and they absolutely love, like um, I was talking with, I'm sorry, Sarah. I'm sitting here, my brain, I'm looking at her going, I know I should know her name. Um, we were talking about the Syrah at the very beginning. I, she, she was trying to figure out the fourth wine that we would drink. And she goes, well, I'm not sure because people either really love it or hate it. And I go, let's start with that. And the look on her face, she goes, well, do you want to try it first? Because people either love it or hate it. And her comment was she loves to see people's expression when they taste it and they love it because it's so outside of what, what the expectation is. So always be those people behind the bar there. They're always looking to make sure that you have a great experience. Well, and I think to go outside of your comfort zone and to go to a tasting room instead of trying this maybe out at dinner but going and, and trying a number of things and then having something that you want to get a full glass of. Oh, yeah. Dinner. Well, go, yeah, you know, buy a bottle and then take it to dinner yeah. with you. That's always been one of my favorite adventures. Go wine tasting. Find your favorite bottle, buy it, and take it to dinner with you. Yeah, a lot of places will have like maybe a $15 corkage fee, but it's a fabulous way to enjoy your uh, a nice bottle of wine. I agree. It's very fun. Well, with our show now national, we have started putting all of our local events on our Facebook pages, so be sure to check us out for social events. You can check LB Duchess, Socially Savvy, Socially Savvy Eastside Events and Entertainment, and Socially Savvy Offers. Our show sponsors tonight are Vico Waters, Bellevue Nordstrom Cosmetics, Redmond Ridge Wine Tasting Room, Gunner Nordstrom Gallery, Pop Chips, Daniel's Broiler, and the Pain Center of Bellevue, as well as Spazos. Ending our show tonight with this glass of Molbeck, we want to remind you all to subscribe to the Socially Savvy Show to be entered into our drawing for prizes from our savvy sponsors. And check us out because all of our shows are now on iTunes. Make all the events better because you were there, and everybody have a Socially Savvy Week. <laughs>